Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And do you want to see something really spooky? Ooh, spooky, very spooky. Well, you know what's coming to Richmond, Virginia? Nightmare Weekend. And you know what else is coming to Richmond, Virginia? It's me and Ashley Edward Miller. Yes, the legendary Ashley Edward Miller that you know and love from Inglorious Treksperts in the 430 movie, along with me as we descend with a bunch of happy haunts on Nightmare Weekend, October 13th through the 15th, October 13th through the 15th in Richmond, Virginia. And we're not coming alone because there's also gonna be such great horror icons as Danny Trejo, Tony Todd, and if you don't think we're gonna ask you about The Visitor, you're crazy. Richard Dreyfus, Jeffrey Combs. You know, he did these horror movies too. It wasn't just Star Trek. <laughs> we have a very animated or reanimated conversation with him. The stars of American Werewolf in London, David Naughton and Griffin Dunn. Boy, and if Jenny Agutter were there, I think we would probably pay to go ourselves. Um, Cheeto Brothers, Ken Foray, the stars of Fright Night, William Ragsdale and Chris Sarandon, Andrew Devoff. Now, I gotta tell you, I've been rewatching Lost. He's really good in that. There's gonna be an E.T. reunion with Henry Thomas, D. Wallace, Robert McNaughton, C. Thomas Howe, and more. And so many other guests, including Laura Birch, Vanessa Shaw, who will probably not be talking about working with Kubrick, although I'd like to talk to her about that. Tim Reed from WKRP in Cincinnati. No less Nesman, though. Samantha Mathis, and many, many more. So, come join Ashley Edward Miller, myself, and a bunch of great horror stars in Richmond, Virginia at Nightmare Weekend. We hope to see you there. Find out more at galaxycon.com. That's galaxycon.com. And we'll see you at Nightmare Weekend, October 13th through the 15th. And if you say it, you have to say it like this. Nightmare Weekend. Anyway, happy Halloween. <laughs> Okay, bye. Well, here we go. Deck 78. This is Mark A. Altman, and today, Deck 78 is our nerd lair as we <laughs> welcome special guest Todd Stashwick. As always, I'm joined here by Darren Doctorman. Oh, that's Ashley, me. That's you, Ashley Edward Miller. 
That's and me. Steven, and Stephen Belching. <laughs> that that is me. Well, there you go. <laughs> and uh, we're really excited because we we've had the opportunity to talk to Todd a number of times now uh, about Star Trek. But today we're going to be talking about something he's even more passionate about, which is Dungeons and Dragons. Your dungeon master has placed you in a dreadfully precarious position. You're playing the most phenomenal game ever created. Your skin grows cold from your first glimpse of the enormous beast. It's a product of your imagination. Survival depends on a quick, decisive move. Your choices are limited. Stand and fight or run. Use your lightning bolt. Victory is yours. Win the treasure. TSR Hobbies, Dungeons and Dragons games, products of your imagination. He's going to be doing a uh, a charity game uh, to fight uh, childhood cancer, uh, pediatric cancer for the Pavlov Foundation on September 30th uh, via Zoom at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 o'clock Eastern Standard. And uh, you, you got to hear, this is absolutely wonderful. Uh, opportunities to bid on auction items. You can affect the game. But uh, I think you're gonna you're gonna just be overwhelmed by the amount of love and passion for the fantasy uh, worlds of Dungeons and Dragons and J.R. Tolkien and everything else that we talk about in this conversation. Um, so it's it's very exciting. What you say, guys? Oh hell yeah! He is it's, a uh, he is a nerd's nerd. Yeah, yeah, and he's uh, so he's the real his nerd. Dentals are impeccable. <laughs> Incredible. Word. The, the nerd circus that, that he is the ringmaster of. And of course, uh, it's funny because I was going to ask him about the satanic panic of the early 80s because something we talk about a little bit in my documentary on uh, 1982, and he beat me to it. <laughs> he beat me to it. That's well, when I because, knew. Uh, because he has the powers of Satan behind him. Indeed. indeed <laughs> clearly, the power of Satan compels him. So uh, anyway, we're going to open the. Uh, uh, the doors and welcome Todd Stashwick on board deck 78. So the bag weighed seven pounds. <laughs> right? Oh. Sometimes, sometimes anyway. bags are that big. Anyway, and it was moist. Like you couldn't hold it without getting your hands soaked. Anyway, guys. If only you could have heard that story. Yeah. But these are the kind of stories you can hear on September 30th. You know, as, as Todd has... Special friends, his celebrity uh, group, his 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 pals, fellow campaigners, his, his pals, uh, join him on an epic campaign, which will benefit the Pavlov Foundation, which fights childhood cancer, pediatric cancer. So this is a fantastic thing. You can watch it on Twitch TV, um, but you can also bid on it to join the campaign. How do you yes. know you're not getting a dud? Like, what if you get another orc? I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, you need another there's beholder, no really? There's no such thing. Okay. okay. So there's no what, such what thing as orcs? There's no oh, battles, only good stories. Okay. Now, no. I got to I, I gotta ask you, because this is the Legends of Eleanor, the Light of the Child is the campaign. Now, is that a module, or is this you completely? You came up with this. That's all it you. Is, it is all me. It is all mine. You know, it's... uh. Let's wind back, shall we? Yes, yes. let's do that. Um, so uh, I started playing the Dungeons and the Dragons back in 79. It was uh, introduced to me by my my cousin Tori in 78. And I was, uh, we, we, we've all spoken about how 77 is probably the finest year in history. Yeah. Um, it's up there. Did you have the, the blue the cover finest, or the red cover? Finest. Oh, I don't know. Well, I have... They're all back there. You have your original books? 
Uh, well, glad you asked, Ashley. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, no, no, because I was a I was a victim of the satanic panic. Oh, no, I'm going to ask about oh, that. Oh, wait a minute. Now, like, you're like, a victim in the sense that your mom threw away stuff. Not you my father. Like, no, my kidnapped. parents My parents didn't. Um, they were like, why are you throwing away things that we paid good money for? Um, <laughs> Love that. I, I, uh, I, uh, I went to a camp. Oh, no. And the camp <laughs> counselors... Uh, basically were like you do know this is the gateway to the devil and it was like a it was, a, yes. it was, it was like a covenant uh and i and i was a very imaginative child and and it made an impression on me i think i was maybe 13 and it, it made an impression on me and i was like well that's not good i don't want to gateway to the devil um and uh, i used to when i was a little little boy i used to think that the playing card devil like just that classic like red <laughs> devil would well, peek yeah. would peek at me through the window at night maybe he, like, was. he would be watching at me it's like very whitley striber right. um like like i'm probably masking an actual memory of something horrible um yeah, see I, I thought bigfoot was real and was peeking at me through my window and the devil was bullshit well, now, and now it's the other way around, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I bet you Bigfoot is real. But it's not Bigfoot. Um, it's a homeless guy. And that's a completely different deal. Yes. His name was Chuck. Um, yeah. And so I I started playing the D&D way back then, uh, back when it was Greyhawk and uh, pre-Forgotten Realms. I kind of stopped playing just before Forgotten Realms. So my boxes were the uh, – I played like the Moldavay. Uh, uh, basic, uh, expert and advanced editions. Yep. So, uh, the, um, the, uh, the player's handbook was the Trampier cover. And then the Errol Otis covers to the boxes were mine. I think my very first one was, it was a, uh, a blue box with just a red dragon and yep. Yep. some, uh, yeah. And then the next box that I used mostly was probably the pink box. Right now, were you already a fan of like Tolkien and yeah. fantasy and like yeah. Terry Brooks and all that when you yeah. got into Dungeons and Dragons? Was that yeah. like so the gateway? The gateway was probably Rankin and Bass, J.R.R. Mm. Tolkien's, uh, both the uh, Hobbit and the um, Return of the King. Those right. those two loomed very large. They made up a great deal of my drawing, and then D and D sort of slotted right in at the same time that I was listening to the band you all know me for, uh, yeah. like Styx and, and Zeppelin and Kansas and all those proggy bands. Um, and then all the Choose Your Own Adventure books and all of that. I was I was the target audience for all of that. I used to, uh, we used to go to, one of the camps I went to prior to my falling away from the game uh, was in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. And <laughs> we would walk wow. to the, the, the dungeon, which was the TSR headquarters hobby shop. Um, in my brain, thinking I was going to be literally walking and have to give a password and a drawbridge would come down. But it was just like wire racks and minis and, and yeah. like guys with beards. Um, but it was so, so I, I know I was that Midwest kid, like very much the, the, the Stranger Things playing in the orange shag rug basements with wood paneling and, uh, I was that kid. Um, and so D&D, like when I hear the phrase, it, it, it lives in a very specific vibe. 
And that vibe has evolved and changed for other, like the game itself vibe has uh, evolved and changed through the years. And now like with the movie and, and, and even all like the animated stuff, the Vox Machina and, and all of the things that have, have made up what the current D&D is, um, which is really fun and really exciting. My daughter's neck deep in it as well. Um, but like when I hear D&D, it, it harkens to a very specific vibe. And uh, I've come to hone that vibe into a phrase, and that phrase is prog core. <laughs> like, it's, you've heard it here, folks, uh, first. <laughs> prog core. It's like that, like when I think about like the Rodney Matthews art uh, of all the Asia album covers and all, and then he did, oh, yeah. he did, the, he did a cover. Now you're of, talking my language. <laughs> yeah, he, he did the cover of a, of, a, of an album by a, a Swedish composer named Bo Hansen. And Bo did a Lord of the Rings experimental, like in the 60s, like this experimental electronic and jazz thing. And it's just so trippy and weird. And, and Rodney Matthews did the cover. And I'm like, oh, yeah. So then you put into that all the Bakshi wizards and, uh, and, and Bakshi's Lord of the Rings and, and all, the, all of the uh, Rankin and Bass stuff, even up to like Last Unicorn. Um, Oh my God. All of that stuff sort of lives in a vibe yeah. to me. A drug-soaked vibe? It yeah. kind of was, but, it, but for me it wasn't because I was, I was 10, 10, 11, and 12. Like, 10, I was a kid, 10. but it, it was very arcane, and it was very forbidden feeling, and it was very missed, like Excalibur and Dragon Slayer. We talked about that. Yeah. They all lived in this weird... It wasn't the past, but it, it was sort of all filtered through, like you said, a, a weed-fueled synth lens. Uh, and, and I love that. And, and so the world that I'm crafting sort of lives in that vibe mm -hmm, rather than mm -hmm. the more uh, Renaissance feeling of current D&D, &D, right. uh, which feels a little more Renaissance era. This is more Dark Ages and and a, a little, a little Robert Howardy, yeah, a little spookier and 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 I and so like I said, I'm, I'm calling it prog core, for lack of a better term. Uh, that's the one I'm going with, and so I'm going to double down on that one. No, the prog core is great. I, you know, people say kids don't know you know how good we had it back. In, it's like we didn't. We had these album covers that were amazing. You know, with <laughs> movies like you know Conan, Sword of Sorcerer coming Super out, Beastmaster, and Beastmaster. Beastmaster. Yeah. I, I, I certainly don't want to be like back in the day. Like they don't know what I want to be is go. I want to go. All right, is listen how fun this was, and let's share that. And, and let's build on yeah. that because obviously that stuff, a lot of it was deeply misogynist and 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 uh, there was racism woven throughout it. And there was it was very gatekeepy in many ways. I mean, there's some of those novels that you read and you're like, wow. <laughs> uh, but the art was so good. Well, um, well, in fairness, a lot of the times when we were like nerds, when we were kids, like the, the gatekeepers were the other kids who did not want to let us in. No, 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 you're not wrong. What I mean is, what I mean is, uh, if I was probably a, a 12 year old girl at the time, I would have read those novels and been like, wow, we're property. And, uh, we're, you know, like, so, so right, I, like I obviously want to 
I obviously want to rethink certain aspects of it, but but there are flavors and moods and vibes and 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 themes and that I I want to lean into. And I'm not exactly sure what the end game is. Mm. Uh, whether it because I've already started building out a world, and the world starts with the province of Eleonora, uh, and then uh, I've I've sort of building on the mythology of the past and. It does involve dragons. So, is it, uh, is it is it its own campaign setting, or are you plopping it down in the in another one? It's its own thing. No, I want I want to I want to I want to create my own in the same way that you know Critical Role created Exandria and Taldore. Uh, I want a place where I'm not confined by the rules and aesthetics of an already set D and D setting. I want to. Um, I want to plant my own flag and share some of the things that I love about the game and the vibe and fantasy and music and art and and that put it all under one one banner that is Progcore. When did you go from being a player to a DM, like to creating your own worlds? Like well, you started with your cousin, and I'm I'm sure you you didn't immediately start DMing. Well, actually, yes, yes, because oh, you did okay. back in the back in the day. That was a that was a duty we all shared. Mm-hmm. So it was like we would play, and then somebody else was like, "I got an idea for a thing. It's all based on ancient Greece, yeah. and because Clash of the Titans is out, it's yeah. that's right there, and that's all we're gonna. That's I want Medusa's. Really, so the Kraken. It was very much. It was very much like, all right, you run this week, you run that week. So we all were sharing. DM duties. We did have our own ongoing characters, and then we also had those characters that were super disposable because the game was so deadly. Um, um, that uh, that we all shared those duties. Now, as a grown person, because like I said, I left the game. I started playing the game around ten. Yeah, I I played for four years pretty hard. And then I, I abandoned it all. I gave away all my books, all my minis, all everything. Because Satan. Because of Satan. Right. Yeah, I um, love that. That that yeah. that is what we were worried about back then. That's why I say we're nostalgic. I mean, look at all the problems we have right now: nuclear proliferation, Russia invading Ukraine, all this serious, you know, climate change. So it's the eighties again. We were is that about what you're the saying? The dice were possessed <laughs> by the devil and mazes and monsters. You know, R- R- Rhonda Joffe's uh, Rhonda Joffe mazes and monsters. Yeah, that's what people found out about. And is it like this Dungeons and Dragons, this Mason's and Monsters? It's I bad, love, it's I, evil. I, I love the um I love the uh the the idea that that like well so, so some kid went missing and then it just and then it just kind of ran with it. My one of my favorite quotes is was Gygax said, um He's like, do you think if I could actually do spells, I'd be a game designer? <laughs> <laughs> you think I would have let my company get sold? Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Um, I've, I've grown close with Luke Gygax, um, and I and I'm involved with projects with him, and 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 so it's fun to just to, to just uh, you know I always joke that I'm spending my adult life living the childhood of my dreams. Um, <laughs> but it's weird to be, I play D anD D with Luke Gygax in Lake Geneva. If, if if you had told you know ten year old me that that was going to be a thing someday, I would have gone, yeah, that totally tracks. Yeah, I, um, I told you that um, that uh, that Luke was the first DM 
that my son Caden ever had when he was 10 years old. It was Amazing. his very first D&D game. Amazing. Luke was running it for his kids. He will never forget that. No, he will not. No, he will not. Now he's a big nerd. Well, he was always a big nerd. Now he's an <laughs> sure. even bigger nerd. Oh, he's growing Luke like a weed. Your son. Yeah. <laughs> Luke is growing yes. like a weed? Yeah. Yeah, Luke is growing like, actually, Luke is pretty he's big a, guy. He's, he's, but he's but I think he stopped growing. We don't know. Yeah, we don't it's know. Unquantifiable. When depends, did you rediscover this? After you, you know, you you went to camp. You you divested yourself of all this stuff because yeah. of satanic panic. Yeah. You you know, you started your career. I mean, you know, um, but and and uh, at, at that point, you know, you were you know all in on comedy, on, on on improv, and everything. When did it? You come back to the fantasy. It, it was it was a slower roll. Uh, I remember, uh, and I've shared this story. I remember being at an audition and, uh, actor Abraham Ben Ruby was there and he was like, Oh, I'm so tired because I was up late playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, What? what? He goes, Yeah, I, I, I have a game with Lillard. And I'm like, You people, adult, adult humans are playing Dungeons and Dragons again. And now I've, you know, I've come to my senses about, Satan, um, uh, which is part of his plan. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so a I just started grilling Abraham. I'm like, tell me, wait, people are playing D&D. He's like, yeah, I've had the same game going with these guys for a very long time. I'm like, oh, like there was this like behind some closed door in my soul, a guitar string just went, I'll say loot, a loot string. <laughs> was plucked and it just like resonated. And I was like, I miss you. And so I had nobody to play with, but what I had was eBay. Mm -hmm. So I went to eBay and I bought all my original books back uh, just to have them and smell the paper and look at all those, all those covers and all the, again, that Errol Otis art and, and, and Trampier art and all the Dragon Magazine. I just started gobbling up all the vintage books just to put on a shelf and look at them and remind me of, of this kind of all the seeds that bore the fruit of my current career that were planted back then. Um, it just felt good. And then, and then around 2015 roll around, and I was like, that's it. I want to play D&D. &D. And then I put that on the Facebook, and my buddy Yuri Lowenthal, he's the voice of Spider-Man on in the Spider-Man games. Yeah, we have known since I was 18 years old. But go ahead. Uh, yeah. So Yuri <laughs> knocks on my door, holding up the starter kit. Goes here, me too. Happy birthday! And he hands me the starter kit. He goes, I want to play. I'm like, that's <laughs> it. We're playing D and D. And then some a-hole named Terry Metalis hired me to. Do 12 monkeys and I left town for three years. <laughs> <laughs> and no one plays it in Canada. Well, I just didn't have a, I didn't, well, have, yeah, like, yeah. I wasn't, Canada's already got a hell mouth. I literally had a box. <laughs> like, right, that's right. all I had. And I, and I was like just going away. But season three of 12 monkeys, Terry Metalis said, uh, he calls me up in like July. He's like, get jacked. I'm like, what? He goes, get, you got to get jacked for season three. I'm like, I'm 48. He goes, <laughs> he goes well, you're going to be shirtless and you're going to be in prison yard shape. I'm like, okay. So I hired like nutritionists, a trainer, a dietitian, all of that. But the trainer I hired was a man named David Nett. Uh, I met him through my friend Blair Herder. And David Nett 
uh, and his wife, Christy Black, uh, turns out were huge nerds. And they literally ran a gym called Nerd Strong at the time. <laughs> it's, it's now become a gym called Hero's Journey Fitness, and I still attend. Um, but he trained me, and he goes, okay, when, you, when 12 Monkeys is over, we're starting a campaign, and we are now in the sixth year of that campaign. Wow. And about not even a year into that first campaign, my daughter is like, what is that? And I said, that, my child, is Dungeons and Dragons. And she's like, I want in. So I had to open up the rest of that starter kit and teach myself how to DM all over again just for her. Um, and so, I, I, you know, it's like learning elocution with pebbles in your mouth trying to run a game for nine-year-olds and ten-year-olds. Um, and I found I had a knack for it. And so it's, and I was, I mean, like, I, like you were saying, I'm an improviser from way back. So the idea of being nimble with story with a group of people and improvising, well, that came naturally. Everything else was like learning, learning the rules of how to run combat, learning how to help people roll up their characters, the world building I could do all night long. And at first I started with pre-written modules just so I could, you know, have training wheels. But yeah, so all of that started late 2017, early 2018. Mm. And when did you start building the nerd layer? Like, was that prior? Or was this concurrent with the D&D? Or, you know, was did this proceed? So the nerd layer, the nerd layer was concurrent. So I was already playing Dungeons and Dragons, but I have two dogs and uh, playing D&D in the house with pizza about and two dogs became untenable. And I was already going to have, I was already going to have like a little corner with like an Atari 2600 mm -hmm. and a CRTV and I like, I'm just going to keep a corner of my garage for that. And then it was like, you know what? We don't park cars in the garage. Let's just turn it into our Sanctum Sanctorum and <laughs> literally build the 70s, 80s basement of our dreams. And dudes, I'm telling you, there's, there's orange shag. Um, it's a beautiful uh, thing. Yeah, That's great for so, collecting blood. It's a, you just it just blends just, right into the carpet. You can't right tell. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, like I just it, it it all kind of evolved very organically. It was like, all right, well then let's go from there, and then and then we put in the arcade machines, and then and then here's like the D and D corner. I don't know if you can see, but that's a dragon head. Wait, like you gotta there. you gotta call out those uh, arcade machines you have there. We couldn't see them. Look like a set of Star Wars. Is that a Pac-Man? What do you got back there? So you got you got Star Wars, Tron, Tempest, and Pac-Man. Nice, oh, nice, excellent. And so no, no Zaxxon. Oh, I have the I have a, a, an emulator somewhere, but there's only so much room. I want to get I want to get a Cubert. I would love a Frogger. I would love a Zaxxon. I would love yeah. a Dragon's Dragon's Lair. Yeah, I need um, a I need a crazy climber. Oh, it's, it's, a lot of it to me. It's about the sounds. Like I like just listening to Tempest. Yeah, it just it just fills my heart. And Defender also fills yep. my heart. Just the. By the um, way, I, I downloaded some uh, audio file a few years back. That's that's retro arcade sounds. It's just a mix, and there's different years. There's the 1982 mix, the 1984 mix, the 1986 mix, and it's just somebody just did an hour. It's amazing. It's like amazing. So I, I was in Chicago for a con a few uh, a few like maybe a month and a half ago, and uh, this uh, gentleman Jimmy Mack, who is one of the co-hosts of um, Force Cast, Rebel Force, Rebel Force Radio, Rebel Force Radio. Uh, yeah. 
And I, so he's like, and listening to those guys talk about Star Wars is like homecoming to me because it's, yeah. they go, because Jimmy's got this thick Chicago accent. So he's talking about his favorite film, Star Wars. Right. And, um, <laughs> and it, and it, and it's like, oh, so I've, you know, I've, I've developed a, a friendship with him and he's like, you gotta come to the Galloping Ghost. So the Galloping Ghost in Brookfield, uh, in Chicago is this sprawling 80s arcade and low ceiling, nothing fancy, just like aisles this big and nothing but arcade machines. Wow. Uh, and it was just like so much fun. Um, I have I have vivid memories of living in that area. In Mount Prospect, there was a huge arcade called Mothers. And it was on this corner and it was filled to the brim with machines. And one day I walked in there with my cassette recorder and grabbed the whole thing walking around. And I still have that in its uh, it is a time machine. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's amazing. But in answer your very, very long-winded answer. To your very short question, uh, the the nerd layer it still evolves, <laughs> um, but it it has landed. It is it is not in its final form, but it it it, 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 it certainly has. It, certainly it hasn't gone has, super cyan yet. It hasn't no, assumed it's, its ultimate form. It hasn't, <laughs> uh, but it has a vibe, uh, and it and it is home. And I, you know, I, I don't. I've told you guys, but I worked with a company called the Weather Dragon. And they build gaming tables. And mm. so we've literally designed the Stashwick. And it actually has my signature. But it has like flaming brassieres. Oh, uh, nice. And then it has <laughs> plugs. And, and so this little middle part comes out. And it's a, it's a, it's a LED lit mini, uh, like a mini vault. So I can set up terrain. Oh, nice. Uh, and then there's cubbies for books and everything. And, and cup holders. And yeah, so this is... You- um, do you prefer hexes or squares? Squares. Because I'm not outside as much, and you can still do squares. Squares is more of a common language, especially for dungeons, because it's easier to get the size. We just lost half the room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. They're the half that don't matter. <laughs> How dare you? So you're kind of like Chris in the Magnificent Seven, uh, putting together your team to go uh, liberate the Mexican village. Um, so I know that on, you know, for this particular campaign, obviously joining well, it's you. It's just a one shot. It's not a campaign. It's just a one okay, shot. Okay, this, this one shot. Yeah. So you, you're, you're bringing in uh, Mika Burton, who everybody yep. knows and loves from Picard season three, Matt Lillard, you know, who uh, was wonderful and everything, but obviously best known from Scream. But he's also a big D&D guy and he has his own company called Beetle and Grimm's. Uh, Pandemonium Warehouse, and they do high-end Dungeons and Dragons box sets uh, for adventures. And then, and uh, he's so inspiring. He just started a D and D inspired whiskey. Oh my he's, god! He's, he's, he is my like. I am running to keep up with Lillard. One sip, and you immediately start arguing about the rules. Well, yeah, it it's all becomes analysis paralysis. But on the side of the bottle is like, it starts with zero hit points, and your hit points increase as you start. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's called casting unearned confidence. <laughs> and then you also have uh, Tawny Newsom, who's going to bring her uh, engineering degree or whatever she has. Uh, and she's an old school Second City person, too. 
Right. Uh-huh. It's a weird combination. She's like brilliant in STEM and improv, and it's just like a triple threat here. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and then uh, and Jack Quaid is coming. Young Jack are they, Quaid will be joining uh, us. Are they all D and D players, or are you uh, bringing them Lillard, for- Mika, and Jack have played. Mika and Lillard are probably the most well versed in the game. Mm. Uh, Jack probably the third. And then Tawny is just like, yeah, I've never played. I don't play. I don't know what that is, but I am 100% in. So <laughs> so we're very excited. It's a really cool mix of people uh, and experience. And then we are auctioning off two seats for, uh, for people to join. And right now, the last I checked, it was up to $3,500. So nice. Wow. For a seat. Yeah, let me see it where it's at right now. Uh, Do they zoom in or are they uh, at the table? It'll all be zoomed in so that everybody can play wherever they're at. So let's see what it's at. It's at 3500 bucks with two days to go. So this will probably come out after right. uh, the bidding has stopped. Yeah. But on the night of the show, you can bid to affect the game. Ooh. You can donate <laughs> for... Uh, I want to give Mika a re-roll. I want to give an automatic critical success to to uh, Tawny. I want to get. I want Stashwick to roll a disadvantage, like wow. so people can bid during the game to actually affect. Can you game. bid to to give the monsters like legendary actions and just you know screw up the party? Can you really, bid for yeah, well, TTK? It's, 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 it's a level three game. So, oh, that's uh, unfortunate. Yeah, no Asmodeus. That's too bad. We want, we want to finish in three hours. Um, <laughs> so, so I was fortunate to be invited to be part of a of a, a running charity game called uh, Jasper's Game Day, which was um, uh, in support of uh, suicide prevention. Mm-hmm. Of course, I put almonds in my mouth while I'm talking about this, which really undermines the message. Um, so. My cousin Tori, who introduced the game to me, he took his own life. So D and D and um, and and suicide are very tethered, sadly, in my brain. And I was invited to be a part of Jasper's Game Day, and I sort of got a, got the lay of the land to see how do you do a D and D game for charity. Right. And I got to do several of them, and that they no longer do that. But I'm like, okay, well, there's an opportunity here to use my nerd powers for good and, um, and, and assemble a group of people to have, have a laugh, have an adventure and raise money to fight uh, childhood cancer and to support research for it. It supports families. The Pablo foundation also has a thing called the Shutterbug program where they take kids who are fighting cancer and they teach them photography and help them express themselves through that. It's just an amazing foundation. And I've, run half marathons for them in the past. And, and they were like, is there anything else that you would want to do to help us out? And I was like, what could I do? What could I do? I'm like, I will use my nerd powers. And uh, and that's how the idea of, of kind of using the model that I'd seen applied in other places and then putting around that. And this will be the first charity game from my company, The Nerd Circus. Mm. And so it's exciting to take that venture and branch it out into uh, charitable functions. But it doesn't involve making whiskey. That's Matthew's job. 
<laughs> you're 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 yes. strictly doing the chair yet. Yeah. So you're going to um, stream this live have, on Twitch. I like there. I, I, yeah, we're going to stream it live on Mini Terrain Domain. Uh, Mini Terrain Domain. This man, uh, Jacob Norman, who uh, I've been friends with for years. Uh, he is producing the show, and um, Mini Terrain Domain is a Twitch channel that plays D and D. They do like tutorials on how to paint minis, and 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 they do. They have a bunch of running games, and so he knows this stuff inside out. So these guys are doing the heavy lifting. I'm I'm providing the, the, the kind of the creative ingredients. They're providing the tech support and the know-how. Um, and then Pavlov is is helping kind of corral it all together. There'll be amazing giveaways uh, between myself. Uh, Matthew is giving away a Beetle and Grimm set, uh, adventure, um, <laughs> which is really lovely. We're going to be giving away uh, custom dice boxes from my company, The Nerd Circus. Um, I'll be giving away some of these glasses from The Nerd Circus. Nice. Um, <laughs> and then, um, and then I, uh, I wrote and co-created uh, a book called Mystic Libations, which is a Dungeons & Dragons-inspired tiki cocktail book. Sweet. Um, nice. with, with a playable one-shot inside. <laughs> And amazing art, uh, and short stories, and then over a hundred cocktail recipes, and I'll be signing these and giving that away as as an incentive. Um, also, uh, I have. Um, so you guys will love this. So back in the day, we used to keep our dice and everything in cigar boxes. Yeah. And, but we would and we would play D and D in wood panel basements. In orange shag carpeting. Oh, my <laughs> oh that's so, great. So this artist, Charles Thurston, has crafted a, um, it, it is it is a dice box. So you got your dice tower, bum, bum, bum. You keep your dice in here. You keep your minis in here. And then it all packs up to go. You could keep pencils in there. But I'll be, I'll be uh, signing one of these and giving this, giving this away uh, during the game. Uh, so there'll be a lot of like cool, nerdy giveaways, and um, and uh, and it's going to be a, a, just a really cool way to spend the last day of uh, Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Todd, I'm I'm afraid you've gone over your limit of things that uh, are interesting that you do. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, we, we're going to have to cut out some of those, but uh, you know, just to keep mentioning them so that we can have a good selection. I tattooed also. a guy in Toronto. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> also, apparently, you're running out of hours in the day. How in the Sam Hill do you do you even manage to do all of these things? I mean, you wrote a book that's a a cocktail recipe book on top of everything else. Uh, you designed cold. a glass, man. <laughs> uh, well, my son actually designed the glass. My son okay. is a professional child animator. labor, I guess, so, which was available yeah. at Burger he's, King in 1979. That was the point. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting it. So back to all the stuff that I was talking about before. I created a company called the Nerd Circus, and I wanted to like go. Okay, well, again, my nerdiness. You guys talk about what is it, 82, being like the pinnacle year for movies. Like, yeah. So for movies. So like my nerdiness started very much like my first action figures were Kirk, Spock and McCoy. It was Mego. Yep. And then Planet of the apes and then Kenner star Wars and then D and D and Rankin and Bass Hobbit. So my nerdiness lives in the late seventies, early eighties. 
So during uh, lockdown, I'm like, I need to do something. And so I wanted to create a nerdy merch site that sort of celebrated that vibe. And uh, so I came up with the Nerd Circus because it felt kind of proggy. Uh, and, uh, and so I wanted these to look like the Burger King glasses. Oh, that's hysterical. Um, Perfect. And so, and so it's my nerd lair. It's me. There's me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and there's my arcade machines. Oh my goodness. And oh my then God. there's huh. this is a character my son created. And there's the easy chair and the Atari. And these oh, are our dogs. Beautiful. And there's a comic book spinner. And then uh and then there's the uh you know, it's the you know, it's the train. And there's Satan, the gates of hell to see Satan. It's, it's, yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it yeah. is. It's like it's like like screw you, satanic panic. I'm walking right, right into the mouth. Oh, um, and then there's their D20s uh, on the uh, on the on the little torches. Wow! And so, <laughs> so they're my tie glasses because I got a cocktail book. Yeah, um, <laughs> which we should have gotten before the podcast, so we could have come prepared. Well, That's right. Made, we could have you sampled your libation. Actually, I actually will. Uh, by the time this airs, I will be selling signed copies as well on thenerdcircus.com. So they will be. We know what we're buying at the next Galaxy Con. That's I'm right. You're bringing them. Oh. They're they heavy. They're heavy? Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh, I, okay. I just got to tell you that uh, Migo Gene Roddenberry approves. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Who made Migo Gene Roddenberry? I made Migo, Migo Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> Do you know anybody that would make a Migo Shaw? Uh, maybe oh, I, I think we. I think we might. I think we might. That, um, uh, I think the head from uh, uh, the Planet of the Apes astronaut might be painted uh, uh, correctly to uh, represent. Uh, was that uh, Starsky or Dan Loria? Was that from your Dan no, Loria uh, it, it action was, figure? It was the dad from the Waltons. Yeah, it was. With, uh, <laughs> no, with those, with Donnie, those with, fun adventures that we yeah. used to have. Oh, I, I loved playing Waltons. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> so almost as fun as playing Sweat Hogs. That's yeah, right. right. Exactly. <laughs> I had the Fonzie Migo. Oh, the Fonzie Migo was amazing. Because yeah. he would always say A. <laughs> I, was, I, did a, I, did a uh, I did an episode of a show uh, with, with Henry Winkler. Yeah. And and he he actually was telling a story and he's like he's like you know and he's like or oh, you find yourself going a for the rest of your life and I'm like he just did it. So I was at the table read and uh and we finished the table read and he leans over to me and he's like you're very funny. And then I'm like well, th oh, thank you. Thank you Henry. And then I walk back to my car and about halfway to my car I'm like oh, the fun's things are so awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome. I just yeah. lost it. Because we all well, we all feel like that. We all feel like that. Because it's a magical time. And it was. sometimes I mean, sometimes we get to reconnect with it. Yeah, it's you know, and look, everything gets recycled and 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 it, it and and feeling those feelings that that you know, we drunk the dreams of what we're doing now then, right? Yep. And so that stuff it is a very short tether back to it. And then viewed through the lens of my daughter, who all of this stuff is new to her. Right. Uh, and it's fun to introduce it to her and bring her to the table. And then her taking D&D &D in her own direction and the drawings that she does. And she's a DM now. So she <laughs> has her own ongoing campaign. And, and it's just like, I, like, I'm doing her right. Like I'm, How old is she? She is, um, she is bound for 16. 
Wow. Okay. okay. Um, what a perfect age. That's like the age that we were all get, getting into this stuff. Maybe yeah. a little earlier, but that's yeah. that's awesome. It's really and, cool. Although I'm disappointed, I don't think you've earned the moniker nerd, uh, you know, nerd layer because you only have the Atari 2600. You don't have the Odyssey 2. You don't have a television. You need the Troika. The Troika. 77, the Atari 2600. Yeah, yeah I know. But still, Odyssey 2 is right on its heels. Don't, don't be that. Stay on the leader. Don't be that guy, Mark. No, come on. <laughs> you know why? Because I didn't get an Atari 2600. I got a fucking Odyssey 2 from my parents. So, talk about man, that. we started with a TRS-80, okay? So, yeah, you, <laughs> talk, 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 doesn't talk, about count. That, talk about the hate of your parents <laughs> <for> <laughs> denying you that. No, no, Let it go, all out. No, go deeper, please. Um, <laughs> tell us about that. Um, I had Casey Munchkin instead of Pac-Man. But <sighs> we're not going to talk. We're not here to talk about we're that. We're not here to talk about that. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I have, I have, yeah, this stuff just, it just, as a buddy of mine who used to own a comic book store, he goes, these are totems of power, Right. Mm. And and these things inspire me to tell new stories and and build off. I mean, look, it's what Lucas and Spielberg were doing with the old serials. Like yeah. those were the things that inspired them, and they viewed them through a new lens. And and you know, this is kind of what I'm hoping to do with the Prog Core stuff is sort of take all that stuff and view it through a new lens and give it to people and go. These are the things that turned me on, and maybe they will you as well. And and uh, and we'll see what it becomes because there's many forms that it could take, and I'm excited to try and take it there. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's great because that's, I mean, when we always tell people, and they say, oh, wow, how can I sell my, uh, I got a great idea for a Star War. And we're like, <laughs> no, no, you don't want to do Star Wars. You want to do the way it inspired you. Yes. Now create the next thing that's going to inspire the next generation. Yes. And that's yes. when yes. Zack Snyder said, you're Unless right. Unless you're telling me you're allowed Moon to do now. Star Trek. Re Rebel Moon. I mean, but yeah. that is what Rebel Moon is. And actually, yeah. didn't he originally pitch it as a Star Wars? Yeah, War? he did. He yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, so like I said, I don't, I don't know where all the Eleonora stuff goes and, and the Dragon Thrum and, and all of it. I don't know where it leads. Uh, it could be books. It could be animated. Like it could be a lot of things, but it really excites me to pull that stuff and, and put that in the slow cooker and see what new thing comes out of it, but still feeling like that. Because right now, like I watch Crow and Crow holds up. <laughs> and, yes, and Dragon Slayer. Dragon Slayer absolutely him. does. <laughs> yeah. oh, I feel exactly the same as I did when I first saw it. All of I'm a sudden, this is turning into a 4.30 movie episode. But uh, <laughs> but definitely, you clearly speak uh, Wednesdays. That's all I'm going to say. These guys know what I mean. Oh, but, my uh, God. But you're actually the president of the Crawl and Cloak and Dagger fan club. Um, <laughs> I, I, no, I, I rewatched Crawl, and I expected, like, in my brain, it was a train wreck. But then I watched it, I'm like, this... This actually lands in re many ways, and, and not in a craptastic way like Hawk the Slayer. Like Hawk the Slayer is craptastic, yeah. Uh, but it, but it is tastic. Like there is that part of it, like, <laughs> oh, Jack Palance, chew that scenery, right? With your not lightsabers, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and 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 I love the like the. Just the modern shoes that they threw burlap on for the elf. It's just like. <laughs> well, since you mentioned crawl, yeah. I got to ask you because obviously the one thing I think I, I I will agree with you on about crawl is the James Horner score is magnificent. So my question to you is obviously when you're not streaming 
uh, and you're just doing these in the nerd layer with friends, um, or you know when you forced uh, Jerry Ryan at gunpoint to come and do D&D with you. I did not force her at gunpoint. I did not. Like, she's like, no, I'll try it. She, she was remarkably, she was remarkably game. Um, I think it, I think ultimately it was like, uh, she thought it was going to be maybe more of a board game. Um, right, right. right. And, and I don't think she expected as much improvisation, but she had a blast and she was laughing her butt off. I don't expect her to come back. Uh, I don't think. I think it was a <laughs> you, one. You and done scared thing. her, didn't you? Well, I don't think I scared her. I just think she just got a taste and went like, "Okay, I, I get what this is. Uh, it's yeah, not necessarily yeah. something I want to do on the regular." But uh, I'm glad I did it, and yeah. uh, I don't know if I'll do it again. But yeah, uh, it was cool to. to I, I love bringing new people to the table because some people, uh, Sylvina, who uh, she's the one who applied all the seven of nine. Right. She was the makeup head. Uh, she's like, I am in. I am. I am clearing a room in my house. I am playing D and D for the rest of my life. So there's a, something a lot of a lot of people are like, Wow, I, I I'm sad I came to this so late, yeah. and I really want to play this now all the time. It's never too late. It. But you have the rest of a question there that I yes. My do question with. is this: When you play, do you ever have? Because I know when we write, we often have scores on. Do you listen to music? You know, and if so, is it Sticks or is it Basil Polidorus or is it Wagner or what? what you know, it, James it, Horner. It, it, it depends. Uh, oh, I did just finally like splurge and bought the three box set of the Horner uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, or no, the Howard Shore. Lord uh, the, of the, the Howard right. Shore, yeah, yeah. The expanded it, like each one is yeah, like yeah. six discs. It's so yeah. good. Mm -hmm. It's got humming tracks. Um, <laughs> uh, it's uh, so yes. Uh, one of the big things I do is I go to uh, band camp, and I will just put in uh, dungeon synth, and then I will pull up one of those. And there's a lot of really cool like eight bit stuff done by Germans. You got to be careful because some <laughs> of them are fascists. But um, <laughs> um, but there's a lot of like really cool, there's there's one guy uh, called the Hole Dweller and it's very much inspired by Bilbo and all of that. And then there's some that have like this arcane, like echoing, like it sounds like incantations uh, or Helung or something like that. So I love a lot of deep dive on Dungeon Synth. Um, and then again, I've been listening to a lot of that Bo Hansen mm -hmm. uh, Lord of the Rings album, which is just so weird and wonderful. And it's prog core, man. <laughs> um, um, it's so good. Uh, so yeah, I do a lot of that when I'm writing my um, my my adventures, my one shots, mm -hmm. or if I'm working on my my. I have a couple ongoings, but what I will often do is pop on headphones and then get on my bike and then ride the neighborhood to just work out writing problems, but listening to Dungeon Synth and stuff like that, just to keep mm -hmm. me in the pocket of the vibe that I that I want to write to. This this reminds me of something. Back in the day, did you ever listen to the, uh, on NPR, the BBC uh, Lord of the Rings radio show? I haven't. I should. Oh, my God. You would love it. It is amazing. It was, uh, it was edited by Brian Sibley, who uh, wrote a bunch of uh, books about Lord of the Rings, but its structure is that of the of the films. What? The films took their structure from this. I want to hear it, this. It stars Ian Holm as Frodo. It's amazing. 
you will and absolutely Mr. Bean love it. As Gandalf. Um, <laughs> oh, it's all, no, it, but it's, I have it's, heard the it's Star so Wars good. radio plays. Oh, the Star Wars radio course, shows, which are great. amazing. Um, I did, well, the first so, two. I'm going to grab more um, <laughs> of your devil's shoes. It's a little we'll promo right for his mixology. Who <laughs> we'll be right back. Todd Stashwick <laughs> talking about uh, Satan, the legends of Eleanor, in just a oh. moment. And we're back during the break. Seven pound bag. Um, so, uh, so when I, I finally decided to tackle uh, Silmarillion, mm-hmm. and and the beginning of that book is is very biblical and mythological, and it's it's hard to sort of wrap a visual head around it because it's all mm-hmm. in, in the beginning. There was the song, and Iluvatar wrote the song, and that Maiar <laughs> sang that. Like I don't know what I'm yeah. looking at. Yeah. Um, so I found a podcast called the Prancing Pony Podcast. Mm-hmm. And they would, it, in two to four to six hours, would break down each chapter of the Silmarillion. So mm-hmm. I would read a chapter, and then I would listen to the podcast, and it was like taking a masterclass on on Tolkien. And it was really rewarding, and it was probably the only way I would be able to get through the book. But now it has paid off in dividends because I'm, I'm prepping for a big trip to New Zealand in mm-hmm. uh, October. Nice. And so we watched on our, we, we put up the backyard screen and digitally projected, uh, and we watched over the course of a week, the extended editions. Yep. And so, which is kind of the only way to watch them. And I'm going to say, maybe not a controversial opinion, but it's the finest trilogy ever made. Um, in terms of verisimilitude, like it is. And consistency. Consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It is, it is, they're just so good. Uh, and 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 reduce me to tears more than once. Um, they're just so good. And but it's now, great to it's great to listen to Richard Taylor talk about <laughs> how they handmade all the uh, weapons. Uh, it's really <laughs> wonderful to listen to, and you can hear every detail of making the chain mail bit by bit. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, it, it, but what's cool is that after reading Silmarillion. To then look in Elrond's chambers and see Telperion and Laurelin on a tapestry over his shoulder <laughs> yeah. in the background. I'm like, I know what that they got is. everything. Like the the level of appreciation. And then when Aragorn's singing the tale of Baron and Luthien, right. and I'm just like, which might actually be my favorite Tolkien story. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they shouldn't make the film with me and Lucy Liu, but I'm not saying they shouldn't. <laughs> um, I'll play now, Baron all day long to Lucy's, uh, to Lucy's Luthien. Um, uh, Luthien. Um, it's a great story if you haven't read it. Uh, and they've collected it. Uh, into They pulled it out of the Silmarillion because I guess there's several different versions of it. Right. Uh, but there is a book called The Tale of Baron Luthien and it's, it is beautiful and it's adventurous and it's, harrowing and it's funny and it's it's it might be my favorite Tolkien story and they haven't committed it to film yet which they should but yeah so I get to go to uh, I get to go to Hobbiton and I get to go to Lonely Mountain and Lothlorien and all of the all of the shooting locations in uh, October. You get to fight a Balrog in the mines of Moria. I do. I do. <laughs> he shall not pass. I'll say it. And you get to go down and visit Cuba Petey. Uh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's it's one of their locations that they would talk well, about on the commentary. We're starting in, in Queenstown, where we take this little like safari to all of the 
shooting locations outdoors. Oh, and then the next day great. we will fly to Rotorua and drive to Hobbiton where we'll get a little tour and we get our own table at the Green Dragon Inn. Oh like, my God. And, and it's my, it's my birthday great. week. So, oh, um, nice. Sweet. Nice. nice. Um, I got to ask you, because you told us at GalaxyCon you never played Traveler. Did you <laughs> play uh, Star Trek role-playing games or any or Starfleet Battles or any of that stuff that was so popular in the 70s? No. I did not. The games that I played, uh, of course, were Top Secret. Right. Gamma World. Yep. D&D. &D, and then another game that I went and bought the box set for. Boot Hill? Not Boot Hill. It was a time travel game. I bought it. Where'd it go? It's on the shelf somewhere. Anyway, I can't find it right now. It's it's but, traveled back into the past. Yes, yeah. it has. I'll, to find I'll, it I have to catch up to it. Um, <laughs> but it was a time traveler game, and it was really uh, it was very fun as well. So those were the primary uh, RPGs that I played, and then as a grown ass man, I've played uh, Vampire the Masquerade and Numenora, and Mazes, which is a really good kind of 1979 OSR emulator game mm -hmm. uh, by Ninth Level Games. Really fun, easy to teach, and the, the GM never rolls. Well, it's mm -hmm. very player-forward, and I've run a couple of games of that at GaryCon. Um, it's... So I, I, I've dipped my toe in quite a bit of the newer stuff, too, and I, and I just... It's a great way to spend a life, as as Matthew Lillard has said. Great, that's fantastic. Well, this is going to be an incredible event, September thirtieth. September thirtieth, Twitch TV. Where can they go to find out more or to bid? Um, well, if you follow to... me on if you follow me on Instagram, I will be com completely updating a lot of the information. Um, on the day of the game, there'll probably be two different sites. There will be the site that you can bid on. And then this, and then Twitch, where you'll be watching the game. So you can probably bid while you're on your phone and watch and watch the game on your laptop or PC. Um, and the the game itself will be run, like I said, on Mini Terrain Domain uh, Twitch channel. So uh, like Mini Terrain, uh, mm -hmm. like one would play on D and D Mini Terrain Domain. Uh, the thirtieth, five p.m. Pacific time is when the game will begin. Um, bidding, uh, and just, and, and other than bidding, you can also just donate, um, right. for, uh, just for the heck of it with no incentive just to go, I want to, you know, help children with cancer, right. um, other than like, uh, and, and then, and then throughout the game, like I said, your rules can affect, or your, your, your donations can affect the actual gameplay. <laughs> uh, and it's all just for fun and to see a bunch of knuckleheads roll some dice and tell a story. And where are you on Instagram? Is it under your name? John Stashwick. No, T oh, Stashwick okay. on Insta. Todd okay. Stashwick on X. On X, yes. Formerly known as Twitter. The artist formerly known as Twitter. Yeah, it's now just a symbol. Yeah. So they have a lot in common with Prince. That's right. I think that's the only thing they have in common with Prince. Um, but uh, look, this is so exciting. It's so great you're doing this. You put together a great group of people. And uh, we're so glad that you could join hopefully us today. Hopefully, it'll be the first of many. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll be the first of many. I mean, if if Good. it does well, it might be something we do a couple times, two or three times a year, as we would say in Chicago. A right. couple, two, three times. Yeah. Um, um it, 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 and it's fun for me. Uh, it's fun for the fans uh, who get to see. 
people kind of letting their guard down and, 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 and telling a new story, you know, that's what I love about uh, story is uh, without getting too um, maudlin story is their empathy machines and right. they give us a chance to kind of see the world through other people's eyes. And I think Trek does that really beautifully is uh, gives us a chance to question and think and, and, and see through others' eyes. And that is, I think, the solution to all of this nonsense that we go through is going, oh, wait, maybe my own worldview isn't the only worldview. What? Um, I know. Ridiculous. So, uh, so, yeah, I know. Insane. And question our assumptions about people. I mean, people may have thought they sized up your character after the first episode, and uh, you went from, uh, I want that guy dead, to people uh, being... Uh, you know, uh, in tears at your death. I can't speak to that right now. No, yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm that's saying right. it. We can. I'm saying it. We can. So you can say whatever uh, you, you want. You, that's <laughs> but, right. <laughs> look, I have been I have been humbled uh, by by the amount of uh, kindness that has been shown to me after working uh, in space. It's been um, it's been overwhelming and. You know, to keep it on topic, uh, the amount of crossover of nerddom mm -hmm. between D and D and outer space absolutely uh, is is wonderful. Which is part of the reason to kind of bring the people to the table that I brought uh, yeah. is is going well. Here's a here's a group of people that you may not have realized are as nerdy as as Stashwick is. Uh, <laughs> But also well, Star Trek fans are very phil philanthropic. They've always been since the very beginning. They step up. They yeah, step up. Yeah. Which is great. Which is which a great, is great part of the fandom. It's really yeah. exciting. And so uh and so yeah, we're gonna make a, a t shirt that'll be available at the Nerd Circus for charity based on the game, uh, that you can buy and own and wear proudly. Um and and I think there's anything else, like I said, it'll hopefully be the first of many. That's great, um, Todd. And well, in the meantime, all I'm dying to do is get back to my own table. Nice. <laughs> I have not played D&D &D for months because I've been out waving to people at conventions, which has been a blast. Yeah, well, we wish you the, the absolute best with this. We hope you have a great birthday, obviously, in uh, New Zealand. Yes. Uh, that's yes. fantastic. Yes. Yes. And uh, we'll see you <laughs> in Columbus, I guess, in, uh, oh, we see you in, Columbus in December. In, in, Hell yeah. I, December. I believe so, yeah. Yes, sir. Fun. Well, I hope you guys tune in to enjoy uh, our D&D game. Fantastic. We'll have to check it out. It'll be the first adventure in my new realm uh, with the Legends of Eleanor. So I'm excited to, to, to take her out for a spin. And uh, Eleanora is named for, if we can... Uh, so my buddy Kelly Leonard and his wife Ann Libra, uh, they uh, were coworkers of mine. He was a producer at Second City. She was my director. They lost a daughter to um, to uh, liver cancer when she was seventeen, mm -hmm. and I ran two marathons uh, in her name, two half marathons. And um, this was after training for Twelve Monkeys. During, oh, well, okay. yes, it was after. It was after. I'd already trained for 12 monkeys and then because I ran it with with my trainer. I mm. ran them, I ran, I ran three for them for Pavlov. Uh and uh so for Team Dora, and then while while we were fighting with her, and then after uh after you know we lost her, uh I was writing uh, I, I was running in her honor. Uh, and so I reached out to Kelly and said, Hey, I'm putting together this thing with Pavlov, the same organization that I did 
the marathons with for Nora, can we do this game in her honor? And then he's like, absolutely, anything to, you know, to keep her light burning brightly, uh, let's do that. And so that's where Eleonora came from, uh, the name of, of, of the province in my, in my realm. Uh, so it's kind of cool to be able to just keep, keep saying her name out there in the world. Uh, with the legends of Eleonora, and in my in my headcanon of my world, uh, Queen Eleonora is the one who ended the war with the dragons. So uh, she will live large in the legend of 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 my prop core. <laughs> <laughs> well, the prop core adventure thing. is just beginning. So, yeah. Todd, thank you. Thanks Great for to me see a you. You guys are always so absolutely. Kind. Oh, it's 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 our pleasure. You you. You deserve it. This is a fantastic cause, obviously. Um, and we hope everyone will go and support you. Um, play D&D, in... people. Play it's D&D. not the devil's work. It's not <laughs> the devil's work. I joke. Everybody's like, how do I get play? Nobody's ever invited me. I'm like, Just ask Satan. Then, then you should be the DM. Right. Yeah. Don't wait to be invited. Get the starter kit. Teach yourself to be the DM and run the show. Invite your friends because you probably have a lot of friends that also want to play. So you learn how to be the DM. I always joke that it's like being the the drug dealer, high school drug dealer in the 80s, Dungeon Masters. Nobody <laughs> yeah. really wants to be one, but they won't start the party without them. Uh-huh. Well, people <laughs> yeah. don't realize oh, there's goodness. not a high barrier to entry. You just get that beginner set and that module, and it, you, you can learn it really quickly. On the fly, like while you're doing it, you can... It's mostly learning combat, how to run combat. And that... Just got to get there. You got to get boots on the ground to do it. So I, I, if, you, if anybody out there is waiting to start playing, start playing now. And then you'll actually understand what's going on while watching our game. You right. might get a little insight. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, Sweet. so play D&D. It's a great way to spend a life. Cool. Thanks well, for thank sharing. Thank you, Todd. For sharing one of your passions. Always roll with advantage. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was great. And I, I had a laugh because, of course, uh, he kept mentioning all these people like uh, Yuri Lowenthal, who's uh, actually one of your best friends, who was <laughs> yeah. the star of your TV show with uh, Steve Melching. <laughs> Steve was not the stars. This, this TV show you did with Steve Melching. Steve Donut was a Dragon's star, Blood, but like in a different way. <laughs> for Netflix. Uh, so that was funny. Yeah, I mean, it's, but it's always old home week, especially when you're talking to the old geeks like us. Right. It's like, look, it's a, it's. There's a, a Venn diagram that has a high crossover rate. Completely, and you're always finding out who's in it. Always. And I was amazed at how how uh, his D and D journey precisely mirrored my own D and D journey. It was fascinating. Mm. Yeah, had to, you had to get rid of your books. No, I kept mine. That was the only difference. Uh, but uh, I found it at the same time, 1979, 1980, yep. played all through yep. junior high and high school. Uh, sadly, put everything aside for decades and right. would see it on my shelf. I'd look at it wistfully from time to time and then gradually got back into it about 10 years ago. Well, Contra, the sent the uh, the uh, Satanic Panic, my mother was the one who, uh, who got the D&D books for me and said, here, read these and start doing this. Okay. Uh, and I kept... All my books. I've been playing forever. Um, I've been doing a game now with uh, with my friends, including uh, Robert Ewell Wolf from Deep Space Nine, uh, for good God, almost twenty five years now. Ooh, good Lord! Wow, yeah. that's wild. Because I, yeah, I found um, I found the beginning, the beginner's guide, and the monster manual, 
at Walden Books, the same time in middle school, junior high school. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and it's funny, my friend was a big, big fantasy fan. My, my my one of my good friends, Kevin Costello, and he had actually just written for our fanzine, or his fanzine, the Blue Gnome, which was a ripoff of my fanzine, the Galactic Journal. And he uh, wrote a, a a story called "The Rings Still Live," which I continue to give him shit for this. I said, "Yeah, you do a sequel to Tolkien. That's that's great, man." That's I, I, I we were at Brown uh, one summer, and I remember we were in a fantasy literature class, and I, I I I in the middle of this class with this very erudite, like Professor Kingsfield type professor, I said, "You know, Kevin wrote a sequel to Lord of the Rings. I'm sure it's great." <laughs> but but I introduced him to Dungeons and Dragons, and to this day, he still plays. I played for a couple of years, but I think that um, I didn't take it seriously enough. So I, I was there for the pizza. So, right. um, it, it, you know, I sort of lost uh, lost interest after a couple of years. But then I tried to introduce my kids to it uh, uh, a year or two ago with Chris Gossett as the Dungeon Master. And they liked it, but it didn't take. But I think I want to try again. I you think know, I'd like should- to... We should get them with uh, do like a set up a Zoom game or something like that with Caden because he definitely jumped in with uh, with both feet and now like you know in, in high school he's got his so funny because um, they did sign ups for clubs uh, last week and he right. comes home and I'm like what clubs did you sign up for and he gives us the list and one of them is not the Dungeons and Dragons club and I said what happened with that and he's like Dad the kids who do the D and D club are they're so nerdier, so nerdy. They are, they are nerdier than than us. <laughs> so, said, so my friends have asked me if I'll just run a game for them. I'm like, okay, kid. You know, you're now graduating. Like you just leveled up. You're gonna level up to DM, <laughs> and now you can deal with rules lawyers and min maxing and all the stuff that your dad does. I've been uh, been very proud, like with his games, to teach him how to to use the bard class to mess with his DM. I mean, it's just it's a real father son bonding thing. But we should get Caden to to play with Isaac and like and see you know what happens with that. Yeah, I'm so impressed with Todd's nerd lair. I, I got to tell you, he's he's you know he's. I wanted to sort of test him. We do. We, you'll see on a future Inglorious Treks <laughs> where we have him and Terry on, where we 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 put him to the test on on his geek cred. But uh, I, I sort of want to see on the nerd meter where certain things were like Logan's run and everything. But we'll save that for another right. conversation with Todd. Um, but uh, he's on to something <laughs> with this whole uh, Prague, uh, Prague world of his. Prague world. Uh, Prague world. Prague, Prague, Prague 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 but I, I mean, you know, we, we know what a huge fan he is of sticks. But when he said Asia, I got excited because I'm yeah. an Asia fan. <laughs> but, you know, he's got the a point. The there is, there's something very particular about that style of album cover that yeah. does feel very D&D. And somebody brought up Yes. Totally. I'm like, my God, can you imagine getting Yes? I mean, you can't now. But like, but imagine, like, getting Yes to just do the score for, like, your D&D, like, inspired. Well, Eric Wallace, I'm surprised he didn't get them to do the score for Flash. (laughs) We all know Eric Wallace is a huge fan of Yes. Dude, Dude, it's Yes. 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 So funny. Oh, God, speaking. In Russian, they're Da. Just (laughs) You were talking about Phil Phil Lamar uh, in Free Enterprise, and it's funny that he has Matthew Lillard because most people don't know this. Before we went out to Christopher... Uh, Christian Slater for Free Enterprise, our first choice and our first rejection for um, Free Enterprise was Matthew Lillard as Robert. 
because remember, Scream had just come out. We got Patrick Van Horn to play Sean. Right. And we went to Matthew Lillard to Samantha Mathis. Mathis and uh, Matthew Lillard passed, but then we went to Christian Slater next. So interesting, fun fact that he passed. <laughs> and then uh, Rafer ended up playing the character, of course. Eric McCormick played Mark. But anyway, sorry, Darren, you were going to say something. No, I was just saying that uh, it, it's so refreshing to see someone who is a uh, a purveyor of geek life that actually believes in it, that isn't mm-hmm. just a a fair weather geek to no. uh, to get the money. He's know? authentic. He he is authentic. He lives it. Walks the he, walk, and he he conveys the joy, uh, much like we try to convey here. Um, it's just so beautiful to see a a true uh, lover of the stuff that we grew up with, and it's yeah. I, I I'm very I'm very uh, invigorated by that. And God damn it, he's so jacked and handsome. It's just not fair. Well, That's right. you know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes God gives with Jenkins. both hands. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, I think I think look, obviously we loved him in Picard. He was fantastic in Picard. And uh, then we had the opportunity to, you know, spend some time with him at the Galaxy Cons. And, uh, you know, he has just been, uh, you know, uh, as we've gotten to know him better, absolutely just delightful. So um, it's it's been, uh, you know, really great okay. getting to know him. It's been okay. And- it's been all right. Pretty soon we'll have a spinoff podcast, The Stashwick Conversations. <laughs> <laughs> the Stashwick Conversations. No, we'll just call it The Stash. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Troubling Stash. Oh, my. But, I'm uh, delighted. But, uh, yeah, so the, look, he, he was absolutely great. And uh, it's such a delight to have him on the show. And it's a delight to have all of you with us. Um, th- we made this episode available to everyone, obviously, because we, we do want to promote this wonderful charity event that's taking place on September 30th. We hope you'll join them uh, and uh, contribute what you can to a very, very important cause, which, of course, is fighting uh, pediatric cancer. Um, unfortunately, we have friends that we know have uh, suffered from this uh, awful, um, it's just, it's just a, 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 one of the most horrible things you can imagine, so. Anything you can give uh, would be, you know, terrific. And uh, enjoy a, a fabulous, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure it's going to be a great night with some great people. Um, a lot of, you know, uh, uh, you know, Matt Lillard and, and of course, uh, Tony Newsom and Jack Quaid, who are all delightful. And uh, hopefully you, you can, you can bid on a chance to be part of it. So uh, anyway. Uh, but as always, you can listen to uh, Deck 78 here, our subs- usually subscription-only podcast. Um, that you can subscribe to Deck 78 uh, either on Inglorious Trexperts, where you can listen to it on Inglorious Trexperts Spotify, or you now can subscribe through the 430 movie feed um, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and you can listen to Deck 78 on Apple Podcasts. And there'll be other bonus podcasts as well as special uh, screenings coming up throughout the year. So this is a great way to uh, be part of the Trexperts uh, Podcast uh, Network family uh, and support us as we uh, produce more content and mix more and and do all kinds of stuff and try and uh, introduce even, you know, broaden the horizons. So hopefully you'll do that. And you can follow us on Glorious Trek or Inglorious Trek experts on Instagram, Twitter, now known as X, 
um, and all the other social channels as well, including Facebook. So hopefully you'll join us there. Um, but uh, anyway, this was great. When you say, guys, amazing. I think uh, I think we got to come to the point where we say the dungeon is closed. I, yeah, I think we gritted this one. That's we a whole different thing, though. I think when you say oh, that, Darren. I see. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think it's better if we rephrase that, Laddie, and say the nerd layer is closed. And we'll see you in and two it's weeks. Just layer. From... It's not layer. It's layer. Layer. Yeah, it, layer is a different deal. Maybe we're back in the dungeon. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much for joining us for this uh, very special episode of Deck 78. We'll be back in two weeks with an all-new episode. And uh, you can listen to Glorious Trexperts every Thursday wherever you listen to the podcast. And the 430 movie returns to the airwaves or whatever you call streaming uh, this Thanksgiving. So we'll see you back on the 430 movie. Until then, on behalf of Steve Melching, Ashley Edward Miller, Darren Docterman, and myself, Mark A. Altman, fire the rockets. I understand Neil has his own character named Duquesne that he's been playing for years, so I made these for you guys. Now take your time, choose your character carefully. They each have their own unique combination of strengths. Alrighty. Shouldn't there be a board or some pieces or something to Jenga? No, no, this is a role-playing game. It takes place entirely in our collective imagination. Ooh, Neil. I tell the story and you make choices in the story. Okay, let's begin. You were all standing on a country road. Legend has it the evil dragon Draconis dwells nearby guarding a massive pile of treasure. Working as a team, your goal is to track down the dragon, kill him, and then claim the treasure as your own. Jeff, your turn. Oh, uh, it's my turn. Oh, um, what do I do? Roll dice? You tell me what you want to do. Then I roll the dice to see if you're successful. What are my choices? Okay, you're slowing things down, Jeff. Shirley, what do you want to do? I'd like to introduce myself to the group. Hello, I am a dwarf named Zippity-Doo. Okay, I'm not the best at making up names. Oh, hey, I'm Mar... Boy, you weren't kidding. Hello, Mar. My name is Bing Bong the Archer. I'm an archer and such. I'm. Ew, Hector the Well Endowed. I'll bet. I didn't know you just grabbed one at random. I made that one with Troy in mind. Yeah, I bet you did. Okay, hi. I'm Lavernica. I have three armors, boots, belt, a torch. Wait, let her finish. Worst introduction ever. Check it. I am Brutalitops, the magician. <laughs> Magic user, baby. Deck 78 is an exclusive podcast from Trexperts Plus. <laughs>